Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. I have to talk to you today. out of my heart before I get to the message. I've asked Jesus to speak this through me. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to all the stuff going on in the world. And I have a good reason for that. I'm the citizen of a kingdom, first and foremost. My first and foremost loyalty is to the king and the kingdom. I found that I always get in trouble when I start getting intertwined and tied up mentally and emotionally with the things of this world. It's so easy for me to get my eyes off of the king and the way the kingdom is supposed to operate. It's easy for me to forget that it is the power and the love and the authority of the kingdom that overrules this world. My heart is very heavy. I am troubled by what is going on in our country and in our culture and the incredible hatred and venom that is being released. It is troubling, it is heartbreaking. I was reading today, mine, this week I should say, instructions to people like me who are pastors. This man's name was Titus. The Apostle Paul clearly told Titus to warn those, to warn those who were under his spiritual authority and influence about the dangers that were in this world and he went down and described the way we used to be before we became citizens of the kingdom of God. Two words that jumped out at me was we were, we were haters, full of hate. I am troubled because of the hate that is pervading our culture. You and I must never, ever allow hate to be any kind of motivation 
any kind of motivation towards anybody at any time. Hate is lethal. It'll creep in and destroy you. It'll destroy your relationships. It'll destroy your joy. It'll destroy your peace. It'll destroy your productivity as a person of God. God is love. Unconditional, unrelenting love. So hate violates the heart of God. You ever noticed how easily we can become emotional towards something we're passionate about? If you're really passionate about something and somebody disses that, whether it be your school, your football team, your family, whatever it is, isn't it amazing how easily, easily we can express emotions? And if we're not careful, we start acting like the world instead of sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. This week, I heard the tail end of a newscast. And I saw some men who were saying, we are Christians. One of them said, we're going to prevail because God is on our side. These men were called white nationalists. preaching a gospel of superiority, of exclusivity, of hatred. Can I tell you, this is what the Word of God says. No, you're not Christians. No, you're not following God. How you know that, Pastor? Because the Word of God is clear. 1 John 3.15 says that whoever hates his brother is a murderer and does not have eternal life abiding in him. 1 John 4.20 says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Hate is unacceptable, it's nauseating. It is energized by the devil. And promoting a philosophy of exclusivism and, and rejection and arrogance, and sin violates the heart of God. For me to internally believe that somehow I am more valuable than somebody else who is of a different race, socioeconomic status, ethnicity, for me to actually believe and act and think as if I am more valuable or more important 
then that person created in the image and likeness of the God I serve is sin. Sin. It's wrong. It's a violation of the heart of God. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am going to tell you this. My own observation is that it does little good to shout and scream and wave placards at somebody that you don't agree with because it's a heart change that is the only thing that is going to produce lasting change. You and I must not in any way. Well, let me just read you what Jesus said. You following Jesus? Here's what Jesus said. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. The Word of God says in Titus that we're to speak evil of no man. Now I'd like to say a word to you. I have such great admiration for those who face their addictions and ask for help and grace. But I'd like to tell you something that there is an addiction that all of us are susceptible to here today. You can carry it in your pocket or purse. May I just warn you as your shepherd, as I warn myself, watch out that you don't become so absorbed in social media that you begin emotionally, mentally, and relationally to build everything around what somebody else is saying instead of what God Almighty says by His Word and His Spirit. I am seeing an incredibly dangerous addiction in Christians. And I'm susceptible to it as I'll bet you are. Do you immediately, when you wake up in the morning, do you immediately go to see what somebody else is saying? Instead of listening to your Father who loves you, who gave His own blood for you, who loves you beyond comprehension. Do you spend more time listening to the opinions of others than you do what your father is saying? All of us better be careful that we're allowing an addiction to take over our minds, our emotions, and begin subtly without us knowing it to tell us how we ought to think, how we ought to feel instead of letting the authority be with the Lord Jesus. And when we start becoming that way, we're going to become angry 
hateful. And we're going to become no better than the ones we say ought to get a life. Beware. Beware of where the most input is coming into your life, into your mind, into your emotions. Beware. I see families now going out to eat, and when they sit down, instead of talking to one another, every one of them are like this. Children, parents, you say, Pastor, that's none of your business. I have a boss who tells me that I need to let you know this life is about relationships. And if you're hurting yourself by being addicted to one of these, you're, you're losing an opportunity to invest in those God's given you to love. I realize some of you in the work that you do must be aware and able to respond. And I, I, I understand that. I, I have a certain amount of that myself. But here's the, here's the only thing I want to ask is this. Where are you receiving your marching orders? What messages are you allowing to dictate how you feel and how you think? Can I tell you this? However you come down on social issues, I want you to know this. There is absolutely no room for the spiritual cancer of hatred, period. This is the most diverse group I've ever shepherded. Our backgrounds are from Catholic to Pentecostal and everything in between. We have half of my spiritual sons and daughters in this church under my covering as a bishop and yours as a church are African-American ministers. Can I tell you something? I know this for a fact and it troubles me. Some of them have paid a price to be under the shepherding of a Caucasian pastor. They paid a price. Socially, they have been criticized and second-guessed. When I started adopting and loving as my own sons, African-American sons and daughters and years ago marrying interracial couples. Do you think I was the most popular guy in ministry around? I could care less. We're going to operate by kingdom principles. Kingdom principles. 
kingdom principles. And you know what? The king said, there is no differentiation between Jew and Gentile, slave nor free. We are one in Christ Jesus. Slavery was and is wrong, it's sin. Because there's only one creator and one redeemer. Only one creator and one redeemer. Only one. You say, well, pastor, there's not slavery now around here, but there's the spirit of slavery. You know what the spirit of slavery is? The spirit of slavery is when somebody begins to think that because somebody is different from them, they are of less value. That's the spirit of slavery. That is inexcusable. It is an affront to the love of God. I want to thank you for the love that is here. I have people all the time say, when I came in here, I felt the love of God. Isn't that right? I felt the love of God. I've had people tell me when I walked on the campus, something was different here. I felt the presence of the Lord and the love of God. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? I want you to join Dina and me and I want you to pray that the Spirit of God would cause love and unity to go to another level for the glory of God, for the glory of God. Many of you have sat under my pastoring for years. I rarely do these things. I had an assignment from Jesus bring all of our attention to this. Prayer, love, blessing will do far more to break down walls than angry, venomous words. They usually just reignite the haters. I'm aware that nobody ever agrees with me all the time. I'm aware that some of you in this room don't always agree with me and that I take a few shots. But can I tell you something? I love you and I pray for you every day. Every day. And that's not going to change. That's not going to change. My job is to love you and tell you the truth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit 
who has poured out the love of God in our hearts. May we receive and connect to that love, oh God. And not to allow the circumstances of this world and the voices of others to keep us from connecting with the love and the truth of God. We praise you, dear Jesus, for your mighty grace. We pray today that your word would go forth like a mighty sword and do its work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Last week, we started talking about the power of a blessing. And I want to go quickly, by way of review, through the points we covered. And I want to close today by asking the question, this question, how do I keep revelation of the blessing when my circumstances are so difficult? How do I do that? Let's go back now to Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning. And the very first thing God did, chapter 1, verse 27, the very first thing God did when he created Adam and Eve is, verse 28, then God blessed them. The word in the Hebrew there is barak. It means to be supernaturally empowered. It means that something is imparted from one to another. God Almighty imparted something that was in the essence of His nature and character into man and woman that He had just created. He imparted something to them. He transferred something into them. And this was a transfer that didn't deplete anything that was in Him. It was an inexhaustible transfer. It was an impartation. What He imparted to them could be summed up through three terms. He gave them a God-given advantage. He gave them God-given ability to name every creature on the earth and even in the sea. All the creatures and all the plant life and vegetation. He gave them supernatural ability and he gave them authority. He said, I'm going, you have dominion. Through me, you're going to have dominion over everything, every beast of the field and everything that creeps on the earth. Was the serpent something that was in the earth, yes or no? So who had authority over the serpent? Adam and Eve had God-given authority imparted to them by God through creation. And when He breathed into them His very image and likeness, the life of God, they had authority, they had ability, and they had a supernatural advantage to do what He had assigned them to do. Our question last week is, do you understand that the blessing that was lost through Adam's sin has been re-given through Jesus' obedience? As Galatians 3.29 says, the blessing of Abraham has now come on the Gentiles through 
Jesus Christ. He took on himself the curse of the violated law and released that blessing. Well, we turned a few pages last week to chapter 12 of Genesis, and what we found out is God reinstituted that mighty, mighty supernatural advantage, ability, and authority through a man named Abraham. Did you know that God didn't choose Abraham because he was such a great guy? There's no indication of that whatsoever. History says he, was, he came from a family of moon worshipers. He was a pagan. But when he met Yahweh, Elohim, mighty God, everything changed. And God said to him, verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will supernaturally impart to you my ability, my authority, my supernatural advantage, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I'm going to make you a receiver so you can be a giver. I am going to make you a vehicle so you can take that blessing and impart it. I will bless those, verse 3, who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you because you come against, they come against you, they're coming against me. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Can I stop right there and tell you, that's one reason you don't spend a whole lot of time trying to defend yourself in your position. If you're operating in the blessing, there is one who is working to, to, uh, for you and against those who would destroy you as you walk in righteousness. The blessing of Abraham. Well, how in the world? Is that important for us to understand? Turn to Exodus chapter 19. I want you to see something here. This is a message throughout the entire Bible. It was fulfilled in Jesus, the Abrahamic blessing. He lived up to all the violated law and released the blessing. In chapter 19 of Exodus, verse 4, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you up on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. What do priests do? We saw that last week. Let's remind ourselves. Go to Numbers chapter 6. Just turn a couple of books over to Numbers chapter 6. What do priests do? Remember... Revelation 1, 5 tells us in the New Testament that the Lord Jesus who washed us in his own blood has made us a kingdom of priests and kings. What do priests do? Remember what we said last week, verse 22, the Lord spoke to Moses and, say, and said, speak to Aaron and his sons. Remember Aaron was the father of the Levites. Say to them, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Did you know in that culture, you, you, you knew this, Ron, being a Jewish man, you knew this, you've known this a long time. In that culture, the priest would stand out there on the 
street corners as people went about daily work and carrying on their business. And they would be walking up and down doing business, Linda, in the streets, and there would be priests there making this proclamation right here over them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, show you favor, give you peace. The blessing, and now watch, here's what we sometimes miss. God is saying, you send the priests out there to tell everybody how bad they are? No. You send the priests out there and pronounce this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance upon you, give you peace. And now look at verse 27. So by doing this, they, the priests, shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. What were priests to be? Source of the blessing? No, carriers of the blessing. You are not the source of the blessing, but you are a carrier. You are a receiver and a carrier. If your favorite ball team two weeks from now, if there is a receiver who is fortunate enough to receive, then what you want him to do is carry. Amen. You are a receiver of the blessing of God, his supernatural advantage, ability, and authority, and the purpose of the priest was to continually speak this blessing so that the name of God would continually be on the children of Israel. And God says, then I will bless them. Can I ask you something? Are you blessing your own children? Are you blessing your business? Are you blessing those God has put into your life? You are a receiver. Get with it so you can become a carrier. The affirmation, the ability, the transfer of something that is in God through you to somebody else is the most powerful thing you got going. It's the blessing. Would to God we get greater, greater revelation of it. What if you went to work every day knowing that you've got a supernatural advantage from your father to prosper and succeed? When things went haywire, wouldn't that make a difference? And when God did manifest it, wouldn't you be quick to give Him praise instead of your own ability? Amen. The blessing. It's all the way through. We found out that we're to be carriers. And uh, I want to go back to verse 23, and I want you to not lose this. How are the priests to put this blessing on the children of Israel. Say to them. Say to them. Out of all God's creations, you're the only ones who can speak. I know some of you think your dog can. But out of God's creations, you are the only ones who can speak. Well, we're carriers. We also found out that normally that blessing, the revelation of that blessing, is going to be severely tested because here's why most of us believe, most of us have the tendency to believe we are blessed based on our present circumstances. 
We can look back to things that we can only say, only God could have done that. the, The only person who can take credit for that is God himself. But when we get into difficult circumstances now that are painful, how simple is it for us to believe that we don't have the blessing anymore? We used to, but we don't now. Where is there scriptural evidence if you are in Christ Jesus that the blessing that is in Christ Jesus is no longer available to you? There's not any. It's a lie based on the evidence that this world is giving you that you are not a recipient of the blessing of God. And as I said last week, you got to get revelation on the inside before manifestation on the outside. The immature says, if God will just manifest it on the outside, then I'll believe it on the inside. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He doesn't work that way. And in just a minute, I'm going to give you some ideas on how to maintain the revelation during difficult and painful times. But the Word of God says one of the reasons why you and I are not experiencing that blessing is we don't understand that that blessing is connected to words. Why should that surprise us? Proverbs 18, 21, life and death or in the power of the tongue. You're either speaking life or death to every person in every situation. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Are you speaking life or death? Well, you can't do that. You never, no, no. Nobody in our family has ever been able to do that. You can't do it either. You'll never be able to pass. That won't work. You can forget it. You've been through a divorce. You will never be happy again. You speak in life or death. Can I tell you something? If the grace of God was withdrawn from you, you wouldn't have anything worth anything in your life. But the grace of God is just as much on you when you're suffering as it is when you're doing great. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans for well-being and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. And he didn't say that to perfect people. The blessing of the Lord. And can I remind you of something? Abraham was not a perfect man. Boy, did he ever have some issues. He had some struggles with fear. He had some frustrations with why is this taking so long He had internal family issues uh, between those that he loved, not just his wife, but eventually in his family with his sons and their competition, his grandsons. He had some real issues. But God didn't remove the blessing from Abraham based on his issues. God tells you it's yours, it's yours. Our job is to believe and cooperate with that. And one of the ways you can least cooperate and you can hurt your blessing is by the words of your mouth. What are you saying about other people? What are you saying about your work? Can I tell you something? Words of life are contagious. And so are words of death. 
You ever walked into your office and you felt pretty good, but then you heard everybody complaining about, wow, nobody's doing any business. We're not getting any deals done. It's contagious, isn't it? Why don't you be a carrier of life? You're not responsible for how everybody else talks, but you are responsible for yourself because remember what Jesus said? Oh, boy. Matthew, Jesus said this, chapter 12, verse 37. By your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. You know why? Because your words are going to reveal your heart and what you really believe. That is sobering right there, isn't it? That is sobering. How how can I continue to get deeper revelation, and it's on the back page of your outline, how can I get deeper revelation of the blessing when everything's coming against me? I just have so many issues on the outside I'm hurting on the inside. Well, I want to tell you something. You want to be a champion. This is not a magical deal. To receive revelation of the blessing, you've got to get in the Word of God and stay in the Word of God and speak the Word of God over every circumstance and situation. I am not the example of how to do everything. I promise you, I mess up many, many times, and I have many weaknesses and failures. But I'll tell you this, Dean and I can testify in the first of this faith ministry. Look, I've been on five church staffs. Guess what? They paid me twice a month. But when I stepped out there, just like some of you who live on, uh, by faith in your business, When Dean and I stepped out there, we didn't have one single commitment from somebody else. So I said to the Lord, I remember it, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get me a board of directors and I'm going to get everybody to pledge a certain amount of money so it can take care of my family so I can concentrate on doing your work. And the Holy Spirit said to me, no, you're not either. Sure as I'm standing here, no, you're not either. I said, Lord, that ain't going to work. How? How? I've got a house. I've got a vehicle. I've got family. I've got, this is not going to work. How? And the Holy Spirit said, this is the way it's going to work. This is not for you. This is for me. Okay? This is not for you. All of you in ministry who listen to me, this is not the Word of God for you unless the Spirit says it is. The Spirit said to me, this is how it works. You get the Word out, I bring the money in. You do your part, I do mine. And for 27 years, regardless of the way it's looked, and it has looked bad sometimes. <laughs> He has always done his part, even when I was wondering if he was ever going to remember his part. Can anybody say amen to that? It got so bad. And you got to understand that I was beginning to see the revelation. I was beginning to see that I was a son of Abraham. 
and that Jesus had fulfilled and taken the curse and released that blessing. And I begin to investigate, what, is this, what does the blessing of Abraham mean? Well, it means I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. Blessed in the country and blessed in the field. I am blessed supernaturally in everything, spirit, soul, and body. I am blessed of God. And so I begin to get hold of the word and say, God, this even feels like I'm driving on the wrong side of the road. I am blessed beyond measure. And my bills were going like this. I am blessed beyond measure. And creditors were calling me saying, when you gonna pay? And I am blessed beyond measure. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. And all kind of pressure kept going over and over and over and over and over again, deeper and deeper, greater revelation and absence of manifestation. I mean, I was tested. Dina, I would wake up in the middle of the night sometimes, two o'clock in the morning. She was devastated too. We were just, we didn't know what to do. I'd hear her crying in another room. We were just in awful shape. We were getting the manifestation, the revelation on the inside without manifestation on the outside. You're going to be tested. You're going to have to get revelation on the inside before you're going to have manifestation on the outside. But the good news is, he who is overseeing the test will not allow you to be tested beyond what you are able, but will give you the grace to go through. It is counterfeit to believe that blessing is always without testing. I told the Lord, you're all I've got. I'm going to ruin a family if what your word says is not true. I love the Jimmy Hale mission, but I don't want to live down there. Amen. And I want to tell y'all something. I was so spiritual. I would speak and believe the word of God. And sometimes I would lay on the floor and beat my fist on the floor. Sometimes I've kicked holes in the sheetrock. Aren't you proud of me? Aren't you glad you're following a guy like that? God, when are you going to do something? Y'all don't ever have things like that. Man, oh man. And all the while, our ministry was so exciting. You remember this, Ron, Nancy? A big crowd was 12 in the living room. That was a big night. A big night. Holy mackerel. The blessing. But all the while, all the while, with all that old mess and difficulty, and everybody saying this won't work, it's not going to work, it'll never work. You've got to do something. All the while, there was getting greater revelation that I was blessed and highly favored, that I was a son of Abraham through faith in Christ Jesus. And then I saw because I'd gotten so smart in my seminary learning, I'd gotten so smart that 
I'll just believe you didn't tithe anymore. You just, you know, you just gave God whatever you were able to or thought you were able to, which was not very much. I, I had gotten real smart. And then I saw that the son of that, that Abraham, long before the law of Moses ever came in, that God brought a holy priest to Abraham named Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a king and a priest. And I saw where Abraham gave him a tent representing Jesus, if you read Hebrews, the pre-manifestation of Jesus, where he gave him a tenth of all. And then Melchizedek the priest blessed Abraham and The blessings you see today from some of the men in this country are nothing compared to the blessing of Abraham in his day. The blessing of Abraham. But I want to tell you something. The Lord taught me you better start speaking in line with my word or you're going to bring death, further death, as you speak your own fears. We start by hearing and choosing to believe the truth. Jesus said, Father, thy word is truth. And the truth is, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And I'm telling you, that can relate to material blessing as well, because every good and perfect gift comes from above. Get revelation of how God feels about you. Consistently declare that truth. I am blessed. I am highly favored. It don't look like it or feel like it. I'll tell you one day. One night, I told the Lord, this is not going to work. It's, it's, uh, I, I don't know how it's going to work. Was it, uh, the house we were living in, we were behind on everything. Because remember now, it's not because I didn't want to pay my bills. It was because I couldn't, and I had already made a deal with God that I wouldn't go out there and twist people's arms and try to make them feel sorry for the ministry and give me money. You never run into any of that, have you? So uh, I went out there, and I hammered a sign in the ground. It was the only thing that I had with a little bit of equity in my house. I hammered a sign in the ground that said, for sale. Sometime in the middle of the night, as I was awakened, the Holy Spirit said to me, who told you to put that sign up? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Who told you to put that sign up? I had a real estate license. I knew what to do. I knew how to do it. Uh, I said, well, Lord, uh, that's the only possible way out of this. And then I'll never forget, I said to the Lord, 
What do you want me to do? Sure as I'm standing here, Jeremiah, the Holy Spirit said, that's up to you, but if I were you, I'd get out there and pull the sign up. (laughs) That made no sense, Jack. None. You can't make that make sense. As soon as daylight came, I marched my little self out there, (laughs) and I pulled that sign up. You said, what a stupid thing. And in the natural realm, it was. Our accountant wanted to say to me, y'all need to give this up and go get a real job. It ain't going to work. I said, well, okay, Lord, this is yours. If it's gone, it's gone. If it's here, it'll only be because of you. I'm just going to obey whatever you tell me. The manifestation will often come little by little. There are some days I had to pull into the gas station and put 75 cents in my tank and hope it was enough to get home and get me to the next opportunity to have anything. There are days when to just have food, we had to go to the ministry mailbox and hope and pray there was something in there where Dina and Bryant and I could eat. That is a God-honest truth. What are you trying to tell me, Pastor? You want to go on this journey of the blessing of the Lord? You better not be a wimp. You better rise up and choose whether you're going to believe or not. This is not for little children now. You're going to have to decide. See, the true or is not true. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. And to preserve that blessing, you've got to choose whether or not you believe it or not. Constantly declare it. You need to hear yourself speak the truth of the Word of God. You need to hear yourself. Your inner man hears you as you speak the truth of the Word of God. And when you go through these painful and trying times, understand this, that the enemy is trying to get you to believe your circumstances more than you believe the Word. And I want to close with this passage in Hebrews chapter 6. I hope this will encourage you today. Many of you have some real challenges that would be resolved by the manifestation of the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of Abraham, which was mighty, it was the first blessing of Abraham was the word says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. The first blessing, the blessing that is the foundation of everything is being put in right standing with God. That is the foundation blessing. If you have all this stuff but you're not in right standing with God, it is useless. But I want you to notice something here in chapter 6. Beginning with verse 11, we declare that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and what? Patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, which he made to you too in Christ, Because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply you. So after he had patiently endured, 
he obtained the promise. After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Exercise the discipline, the diligence of believing God, of walking in the patience of God's love. And understand this, we, you and I, have the God-given privilege of blessing the Lord. Do you know there's something out of you that you can impart to your Father that blesses Him? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy and satisfies your life with good things so that your youth is being renewed like the eagle. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Oh, bless the Lord with me. You have the opportunity. You know, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 3, we say it all the time. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Do you know that one of the greatest thing that you can do is bless God? You have the opportunity to be a blessing to your Father. What a privilege and an honor. Well, let's all stand. I told you my story today and told you about some of my own struggles and pain. Not for you to think of how great I am. I didn't do so good sometimes. I had some weak. I didn't do so good sometimes. But he always did good for me. He always did good for me. And today, through this precious ministry, according to the veracity of His mighty and holy word, we're able to be a blessing to people all around the world. Right here in our church and all around the world without any cost to them. Their lives being invested in Their victories being won all around the world because of the blessing of the Lord. Can I ask you something? What about your life today can only be explained by the blessing of the Lord? I've told you how broken I've been. What about you? What can you say today? The only explanation for this is the blessing of the Lord. Will you give him the glory and the honor and praise for it? He's not a respecter of persons. He loves you. He treasures you. His blessing is in you. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you greater revelation of it. Make up your mind. When I got through preaching this sermon last Sunday, I got up Monday morning and went in to find my third air conditioner of the summer had gone kafui. You had to buy air conditioners lately? 
Isn't that fun? Can I tell you something? Your circumstances don't change the blessing of the Lord one bit. It's not circumstantially driven. It's imparted to you. Whose presence and blessing is not going to leave you. Amen. God, give us greater revelation. Give all these greater revelation of your blessing. And may they begin to get such revelation on the inside that they're not moved by what happens on the outside off of that revelation on the inside, knowing that if they'll stay true to the revelation on the inside, the manifestation will come on the outside. Now we praise you, O God. Thank you for your faithfulness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Well, I'll see you in two weeks. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.